Hello, and welcome back. The pro-Israeli narrative dominating mainstream media has come at the expense of Muslim and Arab communities here in the U.S. today. Learn how anti-Muslim and Islamophobic rhetoric has grown since September 11, 2001, and spurred by the latest round of Israeli-Palestine discourse. It was like 15 and 9 s Four days before President Biden would land in Tel Aviv and describe the Hamas attack as the equivalent of 15 and 9 s for Israel, a six-year-old boy was stabbed 26 times by his landlord who shouted, you Muslims must die. He would die from his wounds before Biden could condemn the attack. In a speech, he emphasized that a horrific act of hate like this is unwelcomed in the U.S. and goes against our fundamental values, freedom from fear for how we pray, what we believe, and who we are. Biden's rejection of Islamophobia likely wouldn't have stopped the attacker, who feared a national day of jihad, and grew suspicious of his Palestinian Muslim tenants for whom he had built a treehouse for prior. But for those who experienced the counterterrorism, mass surveillance, and violence following the September 11th attacks, Biden's slow response, 15 and 9 s line days later, and the dehumanizing language spewed by politicians, disseminated by news media was familiar and confirmed what was already being felt in the Muslim and Arab community, a return of post-9-11 Islamophobia and anti-Muslim racism. The Council on American-Islamic Relations, CARE, reported an 182% increase in complaints and reported bias incidents since the October 7th Hamas attack, the largest wave of complaints they've received since the 2015 Muslim ban and after 9-11. Have we not learned anything from 9-11s? Do we really want to live those dark years again? Imam Omar Suleiman said before the boy's funeral. No child should ever have to pay for the crimes or the manufactured image of a criminal on the part of anybody else. Before but overwhelming since 9-11, Muslim communities have been seen as a threat to U.S. life and democracy. In the West, Muslims and Arabs are seen as oppressive and barbaric, while Islam has become synonymous with terrorism. Because of this Islamophobia, the fear, suspicion, and hatred of Muslims fueled by negative stereotyping, cultural ignorance, insensitivity, media bias, and institutional, ideological, political, and religious hostility, and anti-Muslim racism, the verbal abuse, hate crimes, dehumanization, prejudice, and discrimination, Muslims and those who are perceived to be are singled out and placed into a suspect category. This hostile framing attempts to justify Western military and political intervention abroad and mass surveillance in the states, but also denies American status to Muslims born or naturalized in this country. When surveyed, half of the public believe that at least some U.S. Muslims are anti-American and that Islam is incompatible with mainstream American society because of its natural conflict with democracy, one respondent said, there is no democracy in Islam. However, 89% of Muslims say they are proud to be both American and Muslim, and most of whom believe in the American dream. It also ignores how many Arab and other predominantly Muslim nations support democracy and a democratic system, and that there are hundreds of millions of Muslims living in some form of democratic country. And even though, as of 2017, most people in the U.S. don't view Islam as an extremist religion, one in three people would be concerned if a mosque or Islamic center was built in their neighborhood, feel uneased upon seeing a Muslim wearing a veil or other Islamic attire and believe that Muslims should receive extra security screenings at airports. Since Muslims account for a small percentage of the U.S. population, most non-Muslim Americans don't interact with or know someone who is Muslim, which greatly affects their views of them 
and their religion. This means that news and media representation largely influence folks' attitudes toward Muslims. In the news, if mentioned, Muslims are overrepresented as terrorists or extremists. And if you have ever watched any Hollywood movie that's based in the Middle East, foreignness, uncivilized, and violence-slash-war-torn are the major themes. This over-reliance on media depictions of Muslim people results in U.S. public support of anti-Muslim policies overseas and in the country. Multiple influential anti-Muslim and anti-Islam organizations in the U.S. feed into Islamophobia and spew anti-Muslim rhetoric and misinformation. Similar to anti-immigrant and anti-Semitism rhetoric, there's a common conspiracy that Muslims are infiltrating the country and government to usurp democracy and enforce Sharia law, a term like jihad that is overwhelmingly misinterpreted and politicalized in the West, thus feared and seen as violent. To put it plainly, thinking about violent behavior as something innately foreign is a terrific rationale for delivering violence to foreign places. It forces you to hate people and demands your loyalty to institutions designed to contravene your interests. But the bigger perpetrator of Islamophobia in the U.S. is the U.S. government, which has implemented counterterrorism and law enforcement programs since 9-11 that disproportionately impact and Muslims under the guise of security despite no evidence or connection to terrorist groups, unless you consider being Muslim-proof while simultaneously ignoring the threat of white supremacy. Over a thousand were arrested and held for months for suspicion and alleged terrorist connection, with a majority only guilty of civil immigration violation and thus deported or criminal fraud. Some were forced to sign the Muslim Registry, which monitored and tracked people from certain high-risk countries, aka Muslim-majority countries and North Korea. Today, the community is forced to dispel these stereotypes and is still subjected to surveillance and terrorism watch lists, airport detentions, and bans because of their, or presumed, religion and ethnicity. Muslims continue to bear the weight of white America's fear of violence, foreignness, and being replaced because it is easier to create a violent and daunting image of Muslims and make policies that justify this country's actions than confront that Islamophobia is a byproduct of America's fundamental values. The Anti-Racism Daily is made possible by contributions from our community. Join in by making a one-time or monthly donation. You can find us on Venmo at Anti-Racism Daily, or you can give on our website, www.the-ard.com. This podcast uses computer-generated audio. Inconsistencies may occur. Explore this topic and all the reference material in today's episode by visiting our website and reading the issue on our site, www.the-ard.com. Thank you for being here and have a great day.